This podcast is brought to you in part by Surewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Your business depends upon having the best technicians. Ensure their shoulder health with Surewinder tools. See us at surewinder.com. Hey there, everybody. My name is Hannah. Welcome to another episode of Torsion Talk, the podcast where we talk about the garage door industry and how you can grow your garage door business. Hey guys, it's Ryan with Torsion Talk Podcast. Just wanted to bring you guys on today. Welcome back. Uh, I have a guest that I'm extremely excited to have on. Uh, she's not in the garage door industry, but she has a ton of knowledge. She's somebody that I follow on social media, as well as I've recently joined her forum. Uh, but she, in my eyes, is somebody that I look up to for local search uh, optimization, local search um, uh, engine, how they work things that you can do to improve your rankings, things of that sort. So I'd like to welcome on Joy Hawkins to our podcast today. Welcome, Joy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So uh, first of all, thank you for at least uh, me. You don't even know who I am and you agreed to jump on my podcast uh, for an hour or so. And so thank you for that, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> you seem to be everywhere right now. Um, I feel like all over search, uh, you're being interviewed by people. Is this new to you or has this been going on for a while? No, I, I've been in the industry for a long time. So um, I started in 2006, um, right out of, well, actually, I think I was in college studying advertising and um, got a job actually selling Google ads. <laughs> um, when Google My Business or Google Places, it was called at the time, first came out. So I've been kind of like following the industry since it started. Um, my agency is somewhat new, um, two and a half years old. Um, and we've been kind of growing and expanding somewhat quickly. So, um, I mean, I guess maybe in that sense, there's been a lot recently. Awesome. And so you are a very busy woman based on what I'm seeing on yeah. social. You have your own company. Yeah, yeah. So we, yep. So what is, what is like, tell, tell our audience a little bit about your company and what you guys do. Sure. Yeah. So, um, Silly Sky is the agency that I own. We are in the U S and Canada. Um, I'm actually Canadian myself based here and now we have a, a U.S. uh, corp as well. Um, because I wanted to hire uh, U.S. employees. So the the people that work here, uh, we all work on like local business clients. So um, a variety of industries, like garage door being one of them, but you know, we have lawyers and plumbers and things like that as well. Um, our focus is local SEO. So only things local. We don't deal with anything to do with like e-commerce or, um, you know, sites like Amazon. Um, we also bought a forum last year, which you're mentioning, so the local search forum. We run that. That's a uh, free forum for anything pertaining to local search. We just recently acquired a company called Local U, which does conferences, again, pertaining to local search. So um, kind of excited to take that, start taking that over as of next year. Um, we'll be putting those on usually they're three times a year kind of around the country. Congratulations about that. Wanna... Yeah, it's very exciting. So I've, I've been a speaker there for a while, but um, we're kind of taking the reins over. Um, it's like Lumenfeld plus that he was kind of passing the torch, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's what's going to be 
kind of planning and stages for that for next year. So That's really awesome. exciting and um, all things to do with Google My Business. So I'm a part of a volunteer group called the um, Product Experts that Google has moderate their forums. So um, I specifically work with the uh, Google My Business forum and moderate that forum and help Google with that um, on a volunteer basis. Awesome. Will you take a look at my ticket for me? Yeah, yeah. You have one that you're waiting for a response on. I am. I am. That's okay. all right. Well, actually, yeah. well, let's Depends just talk on about if it. Someone sees it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have a client uh, who is in Connecticut, garage door company, and he's been classified as a contractor in a category. Uh, however, hmm. when I try to change it to garage door supplier, which is what he is, it won't take it. It strikes through. So, um, I've submitted mm -hmm. a request on, um, uh, I think you, you may have even responded. Cause I think I posted something on your forum first, uh, local search forum. I think you had mentioned that you guys had seen something similar and it was due to yep. a, like an API, uh, where like a Yext or something was controlling the category. Um, and, and I don't know yes. if that's the case or not, but I asked the client, he's not, we're not. So, um, to his knowledge, it's not. So we're, we're trying to figure that out. So, uh, I have submitted a, yeah, so I can, I can find the answer out for Google. If you have a thread already, um, I was Google support will actually tell you what the source is. They won't identify it by name, generally speaking, like they're not going to be like this user did this, but they could tell you if it's a user that's switching it which it doesn't sound like it is if you're trying to change it and it automatically changes back. That tells me there's, you know, like usually a third party app or something that's connected. Right. Um, but we actually had an article recently published on our website, uh, sky.ca. It's like one of the most recent blogs that we posted that has a link in there where you can see what um, third party apps currently control or have access to control your Google My Business listing. Like there's a number of different um tools out there that they could be responsible. Like for example, like Moz Locals one, Yex is one, Map Labs is one, and we connected once to our account and it overwrote every change that I made. Um, anything that uses the GMB API could potentially um, be the issue, right? For the but there's a way app? to get a list of them all. Could the mobile uh, for just Google My so when when you authorize a tool, like let's right. say Moz Local will pick on them. <laughs> let's yeah, say you gotcha. sign up with Moz Local, they they have you authorize your Google My Business account so they can make changes to it. Right. And when you give them that authorization, now what is in their dashboard is authoritative. So if you go into Google My Business and you change something, like let's say a category, but their dashboard lists a different category, they will just automatically update the listing. That's so cool. So everything that you put inside Google My Business gets changed. That's generally speaking the, the big cause of it. Um, but there's a possibility that's a technical issue. Like if there's a lot of businesses, they're all experiencing this at the same time. I've definitely seen cases where technical issues can cause stuff like that to happen. Um, so either way, I can get you an answer on your specific <laughs> problem, see if what it is. So um, if you want to send me that thread later. Yeah, I will. So when, uh, since we brought up Moz and Yext and uh, other platforms similar, uh, what do you think about doing both uh, Moz and mm -hmm. Yext at the same time? Do you see value in that or is it usually do one or the other? Or do you not do e any? Yeah, so on my agency, like for our clients, we do neither. Um, I am not a fan of paying a reoccurring fee for citations. 
Um, I think the value of citations over the last decade has decreased substantially. Um, you know, you, and this was actually one of the biggest topics actually that came up last week at Local U um, in Denver. And a lot of people are talking about it, but Mike um, Blumenthal has a lot to say on the topic. And he was kind of talking about how, you know, back in the day, citations used to um, be Google's primary, one of Google's primary data sources. Like, you know, if you had wrong information listed on Yellow Pages, that could actually cause Google to create like a second listing for you. Um, that does not happen that way anymore. Google trusts the website, their own database, a lot more than they trust other third-party sites. So kind of with that evolution, I think the value of citations has gone down a lot. We don't really see much impact, if any, on ranking these days. Um, so I, I think it's good to have your information correct and, you know, listed. And if you're not listed, definitely get listed because that, you know, gives you a link and a mention and all that. But I don't see any reason why you'd want to pay annually for that. What if you were... It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think the biggest challenge is if you move, like I feel like if you move. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Right. So we, I definitely would update it if you move, but again, just one time, not, I wouldn't use a third party site for that, that charges an annual fee. I would just use manually your staff. Update it myself. Or, yeah. Yeah. Use my staff or, you know, hire someone. Like I, I mean, I know like voice Spark, for example, you can hire for a citation building. They can do it manually for a couple hundred bucks and then it's done. And you're not paying that fee to, um, Yes, yeah, I mean, I think year, so Yex is charging. That I can't get behind. Right, I think Yex is charging like five hundred dollars a month ish. Uh, you get enough mm -hmm. of those. I mean, that's an employee, uh, pretty easily. Yeah. To handle citations all on its own, why do you think? I mean, citations used to be a big, big deal. Why do you think that that's not a big deal anymore? Yeah. So Mike honestly did such a better job of explaining this than I feel like I do. But he was talking about how like. This is the way Google's index works and the knowledge graph works. And it used to be like Google would go every six weeks and they would create like a, they would go and scrape all these sources and create like a new thing. And they don't do it that way anymore. So nowadays it's more like if they find something that is new or different completely than what they've already got for your business, they will add to this like internal database. Like they've got information about every, um, business and they're like we know that this business has this owner and we know that this business has these reviews here and there um so i guess we'll just call it a database that's what you know builds that knowledge panel that you see mm -hmm. and then those things um you know that are connected to the business google's kind of looking to see if there is new information out there that they need to add but often the case there isn't right so there's not like a whole lot of um other places that google's going to look for data anymore they trust Google My Business, they trust your website, they trust these sources way more. Um, so I it's evolved. I think Google didn't used to have as much data as they do now. Right. I want to spend some time on Google reviews just a little bit because, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to reviews as a whole, reviews are under a microscope right now. And I feel like consumers are starting to learn that a lot of businesses are manipulating reviews. Are you seeing that trend? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, um, are yeah, it's a growing problem. Yeah. I mean, you got Yelp, apparently there's some documentary that's coming out all, like trying to expose Yelp for whatever they're saying. Uh, you've got companies calling here in my office offering to, uh, leave us, you know, a hundred, 500 reviews for X amount of dollars per review. I mean, how do you, 
how do you stop it? And, and how do consumers know how to look for bad reviews versus good reviews or like, like legitimate reviews? Yeah. And if it's you're a hard. business, so one more question, ask, yeah. if you're a business and your competitors sure. buying reviews, like what do you do? Because you're doing an honest job gaining reviews, but it seems like every time you gain reviews, uh, you know, that they'll jump up in a large amount all at one time. Yeah. So, um, to answer kind of your first question, I would say Yelp is kind of on an island there. They, um, are the only site in my opinion that has done a very good job at actually, um, not having fake reviews It's very hard to get fake reviews on Yelp. Not impossible, but almost impossible. So I trust Yelp reviews more than I trust Google reviews because they, they have such strong filters in place. But that being said, they tend to slant negative. So because there's such strict rules, it filters out a lot of real positive reviews along with the, the fakes. Um, so you'll find like if you search, you know, the same 12 businesses on both Google and Yelp, usually their Yelp rating will be lower than their Google rating right. um, because of that. So Google's stance on fake reviews, I feel like it's, it's pretty, <laughs> it's so easy right now to get fake reviews on Google. Um, it's illegal. So don't do it. That's my you know advice there. Um, there what are is the punishment? Um, buying reviews. So the FCC, I believe, and this is okay, my, my knowledge of US politics and how all this all works is not crazy high, but I believe the FCC regulates it. Um, they have definitely fined companies um, for fake reviews. There was a um, auto dealer in California a few years back that got nailed with some multi-million dollar fine um, because they were buying reviews. Um, but if you find, unfortunately, there are not a lot of cases like when you you know go searching for how many cases where the FCC has fined a business there's not many out there I think they're hard to find evidence for um so it's you know kind of this growing problem with the internet but it is, it is illegal to buy reviews so I mean it's you know you are breaking more than just some type of moral thing um right. by doing that so I I strongly advise against it um I think as well you know the um Average computer, consumers still probably can't detect a fake review, but they are getting smarter. Like that, you know, trend is changing a bit. Um, I can spot fake reviews, obviously, because I look at them all day long. Um, so I'm, you know, on the, the scale, I'd say I'm, I'm much more um, able to do that because of my, you know, industry and background. Um, but as far as like what I normally look at, you know, I look at like what other places that reviewer is reviewed. I look at the way that they're talking about the business. I mean, no normal business has customers that are just raving about them constantly. Like you do get fans for each business, but you also get just people that are like, yeah, it was great company, good service. Like, you, you know, when you start to see reviews that are so well written and put together um, and they include keywords and then sometimes they're broken English if they're being bought overseas. Um, so, you know, you've got a business that's in Alabama and all of their, um, reviews are coming from people that are located in Russia. That's a little sketchy, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's definitely things that Google's looking for, but I think that they have a long way to go there. Unfortunately, at the moment, Google elects a lot of fake reviews by like, and you can report them. So if, if I was a garage door business owner and my competitor was buying reviews and I could easily prove that I'd report them. Google does remove them when you report them. So we do that all the time for clients like who have competitors that are doing that. And we've had tons of them with it. We've gotten like huge amount of reviews removed. Really? Um, 
Maybe you have a magic touch because I tried it and it didn't work for me. Yeah, so I think the catch is you have to know what Google actually acts on and what they don't because there's a lot of things that people assume Google would take down and they, they don't care. So like, for example, we had a client where they got a negative review and the guy in the review was calling them a douchebag. And they were convinced like, okay, that is sexual in nature of a term and all this stuff, right? So we were thinking like, okay, Google remove it. Yeah, they, they did it. So like mean-spirited reviews don't break Google's guidelines, um, unfortunately. So you'd be surprised what they let stay up. Um, a lot worse things than what I would personally let stay up. Right. Um, but the more that we kind of report reviews and see what Google acts on and doesn't act on and like, you know, the thousands upon thousands of threads I've escalated on the Google My Business form kind of give me some context for that. Um, I think it's just knowing what to tell Google and you've got to phrase it in a way that shows Google that it violates their guidelines, not that it's just frustrating you. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh, where you report those things, usually our main um, place to report fake reviews is through their Google's My Business's Twitter support and Facebook support. Um, some of the other support channels you can't actually use to report fake reviews. Um, like if you use their phone support, for example, um, I don't believe that they will allow you to report a competitor. So the flag option, that not that how you normally do it? So you would go to the review that you think is fake, open it up, and then there's like a little flag there. I think this says report or something like that. Is that the no, right way? Or I mean, you go direct works. to Google and say, you know... Uh, I mean, how, how do you do it? Yeah, so um, if it's a business that is buying fake reviews, you need to bring that up to Google My Business. Because it's the business as a whole. Once you go and you flag a review, all that does is it sends it to Google. It doesn't even know if it goes to Google My Business or if it goes to a different team. But um, it only looks at that one single review. It's saying that review is a violation. Whereas if it's a business that's doing it, you need them to look at all the reviews as a pattern. Um, which isn't going to happen if you use the flag option. Uh, so that um, might be why I was having trouble. There's also ways. Yeah. And this is where it gets complicated. Actually, I have a, so I have like this uh, local advanced training guide that I update every month that goes into detail because there's like different teams at Google, right? There's local guides is like a separate thing. So sometimes like reviews are actually um, violating local guide guidelines. So you may want to report it to local guides versus Google My Business. So I know there's like stupid, but there's nuances with some of this stuff. They've gotten so um, big if it's a, that I really honestly I don't think one department knows what the other department is doing and they're all working on the same they, project. No, they, they don't. 100% don't. It's I guarantee crazy. you they, they don't. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, makes I, the average business owner is where I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, depending on the business size and stuff, they almost need to um, be working with someone that kind of has a better understanding of like Google and their um, interfaces and stuff because they don't make it, they say they make it easy, but they really don't make it easy (laughs) for just a small business owner to know what to do. So the forum is a great place to start. I think for business owners, like the Google my business forum is a really awesome free resource. If you're really just not sure where to go. Um, So I always tell people start there, but yeah, um, for the rest of us, I think just knowing who to go for what and then, how Google actually enforces their guidelines is key. So when it comes to getting reviews, you know, I think that's an art as well. I know here, what we've done is Mm -hmm. we actually use a third party company um, called uh, leads nearby. I think it is. Um, Okay. And the reason why I went with them in the beginning was because I did want to be able to automatically send a link saying, Hey, you know, 
you know, review us. Right. Um, and if you send the link, I think you're more successful. Uh, but you do eliminate, like if you're trying to be by the rules, which I try to do with everything, um, number one, that eliminates the opportunity to ask, like for Yelp because Yelp guidelines say that you're not allowed to send a link um, for a review. Is it still like that? Yelp, so yeah, Yelp is <laughs> we're saying that's why they slant negative. Um, they don't want people even asking for reviews, so that is still true. And yeah. they, they are crazy at like, trying to enforce that. Like they actually have real penalties. Yeah. I've even heard that if like, if a lot of reviews are coming in from the same link or whatever, like you're sending a link and people are clicking that link and they identify that it's a link being sent and people are filling out the reviews, they can actually like punish you for that. On Google or on Yelp? On Yelp. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So Google doesn't care. Google no. Yeah, Google doesn't no. care. Like <laughs> it's wide open. Who, whoever's whoever. Um, but what's interesting is recently uh, we got the update about um, Google removing the the yellow stars schema markup in the SERP, uh, search results uh, in the organic section uh, below the local pack. Mm-hmm. And um, I did. Like I had some competitors who were probably manipulating it a little bit. I think a lot of people were, and that might be why we're at where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. so we, uh, what I liked about the company that we signed up with was they, they went by the rules. So um, there's no review gating. Um, you know, they had the option to leave a review on our website or uh, Google review or whatever. And um, it worked out really well. And so we got a bunch of reviews on the website And, um, you know, when they released the announcement, I was like, okay, I'm very interested to see if they're going to do this across the board or just for companies who review gate or, you know, are they using aggregate of like a bunch of different reviews from a bunch of different places? Like, what is the deal here and how is this going to affect, um, like e-commerce websites as well? And so I'd like to hear your thoughts on, um, on them being removed because, Uh, as a, it looked like it rolled out in stages because there was one website Mm -hmm. I know here locally that got removed immediately, like right after the announcement. Um, there was another company that got it removed like a few days later and now mine and another really big company here locally who I know has invested a lot into it. Um, all of ours have been removed. So there's no stars in the search results at all on any like garage door repair related, um, searches. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit and give some background as to why they did it, what the plan is, and if you're a business, uh, what do you do with all that content if you've got that content on your website? Like, what's the next step to be able to continue to use that even though you don't have the stars? Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised by this update. <laughs> like you said, it's been abused quite a bit. You're kind of expecting that it would um, eventually go this way. But um, as far as like, what we're seeing, I agree with uh, your other kind of observation. It's rolling out in stages. So um, we use a company called GatherUp for most of our clients that is probably similar to what you're describing. Um, they all had their stars up until yesterday. So we kind of saw yesterday that the majority of them um, went away. Mine too. Um, unfortunately. So definitely rolling out in stages. There's a bunch still that have them. Um, and I'm not anticipating they're going to stick. Like I think in another few days or maybe a week or two, um, they'll all be gone. That's the thought anyways. Um, 
I do think that uh, e-commerce is probably fine because product, this doesn't impact product um, schema. So you sell products, for example, your Amazon and you sell a um, iPhone on your website, you can still show reviews for like an iPhone. So it doesn't impact that and it doesn't impact um, sites like Yelp because they're not reviewing themselves. They're reviewing, you're reviewing other businesses. Um, so I don't think there'd be much of an impact there. I think hopefully because it's impacting everybody, it kind of levels the playing field. So if you were getting a benefit from having the gold stars, which you, you were, they definitely impact clicks rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you're losing that benefit, but so is everybody else. So hopefully it's leveling the playing field. But I am kind of disappointed about <laughs> the update because a lot of uh, our clients got a lot of clicks from, you know, those gold stars. Right. So I am sad to lose that. Um, I think that, it does increase the need to get reviews directly on Google a bit. Um, I don't think that first party reviews, the reviews on your own website are useless. I think they're still very important for content, for conversions, like also because you own that content. So if you're a small business and Google decides to wipe out 50% of your reviews because they updated the review filter, you can't get those reviews back. They are gone. Like, and you didn't probably save copies of them. So they're literally gone. And I've seen that happen. Um, so, you know, with first party reviews and you owning the content, there is some value to that as well. Um, I would say. Okay. So I would, I would say, you know, you need to be doing both like focusing on getting reviews on Google along with getting reviews on your website still. But I'd say the reviews on Google part just gained a bit more importance than it used to have. Right. If you were a small service company, where would you put your attention to get reviews? Google. hundred percent. Not Yelp. Maybe Home Advisor, <laughs> a bit. Uh, well, you can't ask for reviews on Yelp. So Yelp is tricky. <laughs> I wasn't a trick um, question. I was just curious if you would. I mean, if you like, there is a way, right? You buy ads, which is what they yeah. want, which is why they tell you not to ask for reviews, in my opinion. Um, right. And they have a tricky way of doing it. I, I literally, I, I just, I don't know why it took me so long to like really take action because I had the idea when when I signed up for ads, but when I started buying ads on, on Yelp, uh, they wanted me to make sure that I had my, um, messaging turned on for get a quote. So I'm like, sure, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I got a lot of leads, but I found that I'm not like closing a lot of these people. Um, so, yeah. and then I was like, you know what, wait a minute, like what's going on. So I dig a little deeper and there's a feature that literally says, you know, get a quote, you click it, even if it's on my profile, um, it, then it says, would you like to get a comparison quote from one of these others? And so, uh, mm-hmm. of course people are going to be like, yeah, sure. I'll get one or two or whatever. Um, and so they're getting multiple quotes. Well, that originated yep. from my ad. And so I'm like, wait a minute. Like I, I'm paying a big chunk towards Yelp ads, um, to grow my Yelp profile and to build a reputation, which we've done very well with. However, I'm also building my competitors Yelp pages uh, because I'm getting front and center and then getting the click and then driving traffic to them. So I shut down the message feature uh, for that very reason. And uh, so now like they they tried to tell Uh, me, well, you're not going to be included in theirs. And I'm like, I don't really know that anybody else is spending as much as I am on your platform. Therefore, I don't think the return is going to be as, as good. Uh, So I, I shut it off. Um, you know, maybe yeah. I'm missing a part of business, but I, I feel like, I feel like they tell you not to ask reviews for a reason because that leaves the only alternative is to buy 
ads? I mean, possibly. Who knows, right? Like, I don't sit in their board meetings, but I, I'm guessing that that might be part of it. I think that it's also just because they see the bias. Um, well, I think they're wrong, but they think that um, getting asking for reviews has a positive bias, right? So yeah. you, you're not going to ask the people that hate <laughs> you, which makes somewhat sense. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it's ads because you're right. Like, I mean, if you advertise on Yelp, you will likely get more reviews. Um, because you're advertising to regular Yelp users who are the users that are those, you know, power users that are likely to review businesses that they interact with. So it makes perfect sense. We've, I did a study a couple of years ago now, I think it's two or three years old on search engine land, um, comparing Yelp ads to Google ads. And we looked for a client, we tracked calls, we tracked all this stuff. Yelp ads do work. They do actually provide leads. And this is an auto repair one. And you did get more um, leads as a result of doing Yelp ads. They just cost more than right. in comparison with Google. Yeah. So I can't remember the exact numbers, but I believe the Yelp ads were about twice as much per conversion than Google was. So, but again, volume um, is a big problem for some people. They just want more volume and they're okay with paying a little more per lead. So if that's your issue as a business owner, I'd say, yeah, you should check out Yelp ads. Just know that it's going to cost you more per lead likely than what you're paying on Google. Right. So, so, I mean, it's kind of when it comes to the schema markup, when we are talking about the reviews being moved, it seems like kind of a new idea just popped up. I don't know if this has been something that's been available to us the whole time, or if this is just something that, uh, people are like, Oh, Hey, since the reviews are gone, let's do this. Uh, cause there's always something right. Uh, but it seems like now the growing trend is, uh, well has been FAQs for quite some time. I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. some research on voice search FAQs. Uh, I'm doing tons of research on, on optimization, you know, the Q and a on your Google, my business page, having FAQs on your website. Uh, I mean like FAQs 10 years ago were like, blah, like this is just something you do because you need more content. Now it's like, Oh, if you don't have FAQs, I mean, like, and there's all this other stuff that goes along with it. And now people are using schema markup to actually show those in the organic section. Uh, what's going on with FAQs and why are those so important? Yeah. So we're doing some tests on them right now because our initial fear was like, you want to add the markup to get those cool little drop down things that mm-hmm. Google shows now in the search results. But we were afraid, like, will that deter people from clicking on your site? Because all of a sudden they don't need to go to your site. Now they're just staying in the search results, and that makes it even harder for us to measure. Which is um, what I think Google wants so that anyway, one honestly. Like, right. That's been a shift we for 10 years yeah. <laughs> where they've been trying to get people to land on their website, not click on yours, and take action from the results page. They would claim that, no, that's not their end goal. Like, you know, every conference I'm at where they're interviewed and stuff, they say that, you know, the end goal is to get the user what the user wants. So I don't know where I sit on that. I'm not I'm not necessarily in the camp of marketers where they're like, oh, Google's evil. Um, you know, they're only looking out for themselves. I think Google is trying to be quality and make money. Right. Um, but that being said, the, the fact schema we haven't seen um, negatively impact any clients yet, at, you know, in any... Um, sizable amount. Um, we also haven't seen a huge positive impact either yet. So we're kind of like, you know, some clients have a bit of a list, some have none. So we're kind of like on the fence for the value 
at this point. Um, but we're early in, right? We've only been doing this now for like however long it's been around, like a month or two. So, um, I think it's one of those things I would try out. I wouldn't invest a ton of effort into it. Like, you know, hours upon hours upon hours, making sure it's on every page and also really only bother adding it to pages that rank well. Um, because it's only going to benefit you if you're ranking in a high position in the organic results. Yeah. So the argument is a, you take up more space, which is kind of the key, uh, for SEO. You want to, uh, dominate the real estate and the search results. And the other argument is, which is a very valid one. And I technically hadn't even thought about it till you brought it up is it could possibly negatively affect a click to your website. If someone clicks on the FAQ, starts reading it, and then maybe gets the answer they're looking for and moves on, or even sees a result below yours from that and decides to click on that instead because they didn't like the answer that the FAQ provided. Yeah, that's that's the fear, right? But so far, again, we haven't seen anything crazy negative. Um, And I know that uh, I want to say, hopefully I'm remembering this right, there's somebody at MozCon, I want to say it was distilled, that was saying that they did this for like a very large retail site and saw like huge lifts from it. Um, so I think um, I think it's possible, you know, again, with small businesses, you're always looking at small numbers, so it's sometimes hard to measure the impact of these things. Uh, we don't have the advantage of having, you know, millions of visitors a day to our site like Amazon does. Um, but yeah, I think that um, it's one of those things I would probably invest a little bit of time in for major pages and then see what happens. Cool. So home services, like, because we're a garage door industry and this is a garage door industry podcast, I want to ask you a couple questions about local SEO and home service companies. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So we've seen the strategy. I think it's being played out everywhere right now where everybody's trying to get these, um, location pages. And what I mean by location pages is, uh, like for example, Aaron overhead doors, service area forward slash Swanee, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, coming Georgia. And so you create these pages. Um, so I've got a couple questions for you with this because, uh, I think it would be super helpful for everybody to learn and, and educate themselves. So the first thing is do those work. Hey guys, have you heard of a company named Somer? Somer builds some of the best openers on the market, which are all produced in Germany. They've busted on the scene here recently and for good reason. They offer tons of flexibility. I'll give you a few reasons why this diehard LiftMaster fan, me, started buying Somer operators recently. The Somer team here in the U.S. provides excellent customer service and had all the answers to my questions. Roman and Andy, the U.S. reps, they're easy to deal with. The rail for this operator is in the box. Talk about space saving. Somer can solve so many problems that others can't. My experience has been amazing, and I challenge you to try Somer out yourself. Somer has some amazing deals for our listeners. To learn more about these promotions, call Somer at 704-424-5787. Use coupon code TORSIONTALK. You can also visit them online at somer-usa.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's funny. You're literally asking me questions that I was presented on last week. So, um, yes and no. They work for some. They don't work for others. We, I showed a graph that showed all of our clients, their service area pages, and the number of conversions that the highest page got in the last year. 
And some of them are high, like some that we have one client, for example, who's a private investigator. They got 54 conversions from their, I think it's 54, from their top performing service area page. But then we have a home security company that got zero. <laughs> so what I normally suggest doing is, first of all, see if you can get them to rank because some industries are harder than others. Right. So if you see a lot of service area pages ranking for, you know, garage door queries, then that's a good signal that they, they might be able to work. Um, the larger the city, the harder it's going to be. So if you're in Atlanta and you're trying to get a service area page to rank for Atlanta, it's likely not possible um, because you're competing with other garage door companies in Atlanta who have homepages ranking with tons more links and way more authority. Um, We found like some, some ways to get the pages to perform better or to rank better. One of the strategies that we use is, um, so you could have the business owner do this, or if they give you permission as the marketer, you could do this. So we, we have our clients give us permission to we use call tracking generally with all of their like listings on Google My Business and stuff. So we ask the clients, you know, are you okay with us listening through your calls and categorizing them? So if they give us permission, we'll basically listen to their calls and we will um, create tables on their service area pages. We'll say, you got a call, um, you know, last week for um, this person, or not this person, sorry to leave that off. We, in this area, so let's say you put, they were in Swanee and they were calling about X, like and then we'd list, you know, what they were calling about. There's new repair for this or need a new garage door or whatever. And then by that, having that little table on there, it creates content, right? So you've got unique content now right. and it's real information. So these are the types of, you know, jobs that we got in the last couple of weeks. So are you telling you me to build an API for sales. my, for my, my call rail to transcribe my phone calls and block out names and just yeah. automatically put block content out, on the website. Confidential. <laughs> yeah, that would, I mean, as long as there's no laws, I have no idea, you know, um, we might just created the next here. big um, SEO. Automating it. Yeah. That's the next big go. SEO tool. Well, new by now kindness kind of does this. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, yeah, that's who I use. They give you an app where you're okay. That's who I use. For yeah. The so reviews. they use you know, they, Okay. Yeah. So in their system is kind of cool. Um, our, our problem, we tried it with clients and it didn't allow us to customize it enough. So it was, you know, automated. Um, we wanted, um, a service area page for a specific city. And then like the app kept tagging it as a different city. And I was like, well, no, it's really this city, but we couldn't like edit it or anything. So, um, we didn't end up using them. And then also we had issues trying to get clients to even use it. (laughs) So, um, I know that's one that you have to, have the business owner use um, for it to work properly. What but do you think about concept, their check-in right? feature? Like, yeah. like the, is that what you're yeah, talking about? Again, the check-in feature? The, yeah. If the business uses it, um, I again had a really hard time getting business owners to adopt it. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's a struggle. Yeah. We use <laughs> it. We do a good job with it. I just worry about, because it's, you know, we usually write like garage door repair and then we try to figure out what the customer said when they called in, like garage door won't open. Um, and then, uh, we put on there, uh, like a pun diagnosis, broken spring, uh, changing garage door spring, something to that effect. Uh, maybe that's too much. Uh, I don't know, but the, the mm-hmm. micro blogging effect with the, the new content hitting that page constantly, I feel like Google does, you know, definitely used to like that. I don't know if they like it as much um, now, 
But my biggest complaint about it is uh, they won't let me use CSS or anything to kind of make it blend a little bit better and look a little bit more updated. Uh, mm -hmm. But the product, yeah. I think it does work. Uh, but I would love, I just had this conversation mm -hmm. with them not even 30 days ago. You know, I'm like, Hey, can I, can I customize the look and feel of this? And they're like, no. And so uh, we're kind yeah. of, that's frustrating because I'm redoing yeah, my entire site. Yeah. 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 That was one of our issues too. Like we wanted to be able to do something with it. I just want to be able to say what reviews went where on what page. And I couldn't do that. Like there was a bunch of limits, which we ended up um, not using. And also we, we don't just work with home services either. So we were trying to see if we could use it for like dentists or lawyers or whatever. And they just, it doesn't work. Um, but as far as going back to service area pages, I, I would say, you know, my answer would be that it really varies. And then I think it also varies on volume like if you're looking for those pages to provide you an insane amount of volume, most of the time they don't. Like I have um, a lawn care client where they get a lot of leads from their service area pages. They've got about 15 of them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a decent volume, but it's definitely not as high of a volume as other pages on their site provide. Um, because they, again, it's one of those strategies that I think people have just overused. There's a lot of competition and those pages generally don't get linked to, so they don't really have a lot of authority. Right. Um, so that is challenging. So I try say, to watch. You know, on a small scale, I would use them, but I wouldn't expect them to be the main strategy. Right. I try to watch the big companies like the home advisors and mm -hmm. the house yep. and see what they're doing. The, the Yelps. And there was a common theme that I saw each one of these companies were creating uh, projects and they want you to upload like a before and after photo or a photo of the project and give it a description. And they're literally using content. Like, I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm like, why would I do this? Like I'm going to help them drive more traffic to mm -hmm. them. And they're going to sell me back the lead based on my project that I posted on their website. So what I did was mm -hmm. I did it on my site. I created this whole project yep. uh, thing and you would be so surprised. Like these pages rank really well and I get a lot of phone yeah. calls and, and messages from them. And so, um, I yeah, would expect them to yeah. they do really well. I've got a photo. I normally put in the header, like, uh, or the title I'll put something like, uh, you know, uh, the manufacturer, the tight, like, uh, I put the style of door. So, uh, uh, modern, glass garage door installed Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and then I'll write a full description of, you know, the client had asked that we do X, Y, Z, and they had these demands and here's what we did to accomplish them. And then, you know, and then I give a breakdown of the make model of the door, the size, the type of glass, the type of frame, um, and then I'll like, if it's a LiftMaster opener that we installed, I'll put LiftMaster, the model number, we installed XYZ, blah, blah, blah. And uh, those pages do really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would expect them to because that is the exact type of content that's actually helpful to users, right? Yeah. Like seeing before and after photos is really helpful. Yeah. Some of the best performing pages I know in our lawn care client. Um, are literally photos like pages of photos of like different things that you have in your grass and problems and like things like that. So anytime you're showing people how to solve their problem, you're, you're going to um, get a higher conversion rate. So on that, 
one of the biggest things that I'm seeing right now is, you know, we use a lot of photos because we sell higher indoors a lot. And so I like to put photos everywhere and I don't like small photos because I like to show detail. And so we have this dilemma where the page speed is not great. Right. So I had this idea. I'm like, you know what, let's open up an AWS account. Um, let's host our photos there and then have them load simultaneously with the website files. Um, and I didn't really see, maybe we haven't figured it out the secret sauce of that yet, but I didn't think that was the answer after testing it with one or two. So um, what do you guys do? I mean, we use WordPress, which is very commonly used in our industry mm-hmm. and all those around. I'm assuming you guys work on WordPress. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So what is like, I know page speed super important, especially on mobile. What are you guys doing for page speed problems? Cause WordPress seems to be getting a little bit slower, especially if you're using like themes and, uh, uh page builders and all this stuff. And you, you know, you got all these images on your website and some video. I mean, these are the things that Google's asking you to do, but then when you do it, it, the page speed slows down and then you're trying to figure out that perfect balance. So what would you say to that? Yeah, so there's, I mean, a few different plugins that we use to help with that stuff where it's like, um, I can't remember the name of them. I'd have to look them up. Um, but there's, there's a couple plugins out there that are really good at, you know, dealing with image processing things and stuff like that, like making your images not giant, but still look good. Um, so we usually try to take a middle ground because I don't want really tiny images. Google really tends to like higher quality images. Um, so I generally go in the middle, like, you know, pick a, a decent sized photo, obviously not one that's going to take up the entire screen and be this huge thing that's going to slow down your site, kind of middle ground. And I don't obsess about page speed as much as some people do. It is a ranking factor, but it's not a giant ranking factor. So like if your page speed is slightly above, you know, the Google, um, recommended amount, like, I don't think it's really something that is going to kill you unless you are. Again, e-commerce, you need to put millions of visitors to your site every day, then you may actually see it impact your sales if you speed up your site. I've seen lots of those case studies. But for the average SMB, it's not something I would lose a ton of sleep over as long as your site loads pretty fast. And like, you know, you're, again, meeting most of the criteria and stuff. But if you're like one set, like one half a second more than uh, what Google recommends, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. Okay. Uh Circling back around to one topic that I, I actually missed on Google My Business, Google My Business post. So as if I didn't already mm. have enough to do on my, uh, you know, every <laughs> two, three days, like when they first rolled this out, I think they were expecting people to post something new, like every day or every other day or whatever. Like I feel like they kind of backed off that mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, how important yep. is the Google post? So Google Post is funny. I literally had an article published this morning on Search Engine Land. It's actually the top thing right now on Search Engine Land because it's the newest. So that probably won't stay right there very long. <laughs> but um, it's about Google Post. And it's, uh, so we normally use event posts a lot for clients because they stay up longer. You can okay. make an event post and make it stay up for 30 days. So you don't have to go in there and post constantly. Um, I think when Google first launched Post, because they were so high in the knowledge panel, they got a much higher click-through rate. We saw more conversions coming in directly from posts. So we're very excited about them. Since they've dropped to the bottom of the knowledge panel, we've definitely seen a decline in the, the value of them. Um, 
But that being said, what my article is talking about the some search in new land is not necessarily looking at it like from a um, standpoint of like, will these people see the posts in your knowledge panel, but trying to get it to come into the three pack. Um, Cause Google is now displaying little featured snippets from posts directly into the three pack, which is really cool. Um, if you can get those, cause it looks, it's like an extra line of text that you get. Um, so we've been really working or changing our strategy to focus on like, how can we get our clients more of those and create like well-crafted posts that are using some keywords and stuff to get those to happen. Um, and there are kind of things into that more, but honestly, that's, it's, it's not something where I think you need to have a post every seven days. I, I, I wouldn't say I do that at all. <laughs> Good. That's important because we got, I mean, running a service business. I mean, you got so much to do and then oh you're just God. sitting there like, man, throw an event post up there. Yeah. yeah. How am I going to find time to post twice a day? And then you got, you know, Yelp wants more photos no. and home oh advisor wants this and it just gets to be so much. So yeah. you're trying to figure out how to manage it all. And then you go like two weeks and you're like, man, I forgot to post. And then you feel like you're freaking out a little bit because you're trying to do everything in your power to do it the right way so that you're ranking, you're getting the conversions. And I mean, it's a little bit uh, overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to skip topics. Yeah, and so far too as well, we haven't seen the, the content of post-impact ranking. So that's another thing that people kind of stress about. Um, Good to know. So our approach has really been trying to get these three back. So I don't know how much you know about this topic, but I'm sure you know some. Uh, because you dabble in it and then there's some overlap, but Google home services or local services, they've changed the name like three or four times, I think already. Yep. Um, what do you think of this? Like at first I found out about it years ago because, uh, I, my partner and a client and, uh, for a marketing a long time ago has a garage door company out in California and uh, they asked him to be part of a beta in this a long time ago. It's evolved a lot since then. Then they started rolling it out to major cities, and now they've kind of rolled it out nationally. And it looks like they're doing a lot of different testing. Uh, they've tested rotation. They've tested, like, you know, one person ranks in the first spot, and then, you know, lots of different stuff. Even recently on your uh, local search forum, I posted a photo of two companies in the local pack. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of shocked to see it take up so much real estate in the local pack. Um, but I mean, it looks like they're doing a lot of testing. They haven't quite figured it out yet, which everything from Google still in beta, I think from the very beginning, but where do you see this evolving? Where do you see it going? And, uh, the next question I have on this that you can address is, um, there's still apparently spam getting in, uh, where companies are somehow mm -hmm. deceiving the process and getting into it and uh, creating multiple companies and tricking the system somehow, even though they have this really thorough checking system. I don't know how that's happening, but uh, can you address those? Yeah. So um, as far as the, like where they're going and stuff, I think this is definitely a product that Google has done a good job at. So they're, they're likely you know, trying to expand it to more cities, more verticals. Um, I, I really don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, I'd be very surprised if Google shut the product down. And as far as like how they um, uh, deliver results, I actually seen very, very good um, results from businesses using local service ads. So like the cost for conversion in comparison with regular ads is like usually way less. Um, so really good things. 
Um, as far as, uh, I guess the second question for like businesses that are using it and stuff. So there's a pretty rigorous poll, like in order to, you know, qualify for them, you have to do background checks and all this stuff. So I would say Google's done a decent job of that, but they do have different guidelines than Google My Business, which is confusing to a lot of people. So the real big thing that Google's trying to make sure for these ads is that they're not letting bad businesses in. So the bait and switch, you know, the people that are farming these um, jobs out to like, you know, people that are licensed or like possibly threats, like people you wouldn't want in your home, that type of stuff. Right. That's, that's really their main like, thing is they're trying to make sure they keep that crap out. Um, they don't seem to care about locations. Um, so for example, in Google My Business, you are not supposed to have a listing at a virtual office, right? You're not allowed to have a listing at a virtual office. If you're a garage door company and you set up five listings, using virtual offices because you want to rank better. That's not allowed. It will likely get flagged or reported by someone or Google will catch it and remove them. Um, that is not the case with um, local service ads. So they don't really care if you want to use a location. Like they're not nearly as strict on their location guidelines. Um, so there's a lot of discrepancies there between their policies. And this is kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. It's different teams and they don't talk and they don't... Uh, you know, align their policies as much as you'd want. Like, I mean, Google Maps and Google My Businesses have been trying to do this for years and they're still not completely aligned, like, <laughs> their policies. So, um, with local service ads, I mean, personally, I would um, find out what the criteria is. I, I don't know 100% what the criteria is, but I know, like, executive offices are okay. They don't seem to care as much about virtual offices. I'm not totally clear on if they violate their policies because I've seen them. Um, but if, if it's, you know, if it's not against Google policies and you can set up a third, fourth, fifth location to use in local services at ads, I would, um, you probably can't use those locations in Google, my business because it would violate their guidelines. Right. So there's been rumors of, or some, yeah, probably some rumors. I don't know if Google's actually officially announced. I think they came out with a survey recently, actually, that's how it started about charging for Google, my business. Um, mm -hmm. is yeah. this, is this like the first step toward kind of bringing local services and Google my business together? Yeah. I mean, I think it's one way of Google trying to upsell. They're using Google my business to advertise the platform or sell the platform. Right. But they are still two different platforms. So, um, different policies, they work differently. The good thing about it is that your reviews from Google My Business factor into local service ads. It doesn't work the other way around yet. Right, so which was frustrating. Via the local service ads. Yeah, when yeah, I signed up, they sent right? me this spreadsheet and they were like, yeah. you know, send this to all your customers and get reviews. And so I asked them, I said, you know, yeah. when, when they fill this out, like if they take the time to do it, is it going to show up on my Google My Business? And they're like, no. And I'm like, mm, okay, no. well, that seems like a lot of energy no to get reviews for just one thing when mm -hmm. I'm trying to grow my Google My Business reviews. And so I said, well, if I get my Google My Business review, will it show up over here? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I just send out an email with a link to my Google My Business uh, and say, hey, you know, we need your help, blah, 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 whatever, and get more reviews there. And he's like, well, good point. <laughs> and so I've never <laughs> pushed reviews on there. Um, I, I've heard that the verified reviews, the more you have, the better you'll rank. Um, 
And I, I right. tried to verify that with somebody from uh, the local service team. And he kind of danced around the answer or the question kind of hinting that uh, it may now, but won't later or doesn't now or may later things are changing. And he's like, I can't give you a definitive answer. And so I was like, okay, but uh, uh, that seems to be uh, something that we can pay attention to as business owners is potentially getting those, um, you know, once we get the job, which it's another app that we have to go into, we got to see if we won the job. And once we, you know, once we get it, we got sent, you know, it can set up, I guess, automatically send the review through the app or log into the, the website. But long story short, it's a little bit of a process and it's kind of clunky for a business to do that. Uh, but if you do take the time to do it, you can get verified reviews specifically on local services. And apparently that could help with your rotation. I think it would have conversions too, right? Because they show up as verified reviews, which I know for me on Amazon, I specifically only look at verified reviews. I realize there's, you, there's still ways to fake those, right. but it's a lot harder. So I'm like, at least they know that this user has in some way bought this product and Amazon verified it. So it's a lot more legit. So I would say that that having that verified review status is important. So I would try and get a few, even if it doesn't unfortunately translate back to your Google web business listing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I do think the two products are different. People have to realize the difference. The, the Google My Business reviews impact your local service ad reviews, but not you know the other way around. So right. they're they're still very separate products. I don't see that as like a way for Google to make GMB or Google My Business paid because they're separate products right now. Um, and if you want like. The best information um, on local service ads that is out there, in my opinion, is Tom Waddington's site. Um, I think it's TomWaddington.com. He knows like more about local service ads than anyone I've ever met. Um, so I always defer to him <laughs> whenever someone asks me anything really detailed about local service ads. And he follows it like crazy and he's kind of obsessed with them and like notices <laughs> anytime they change something. Um, he had a similar, as soon as I asked him about your screenshot, uh, but showing two ads. Yeah. She was like, yep, I've seen that a couple weeks ago. Well, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was the first you watch thing. These things like by the hour. Yeah. Oh. I watch things for my market. Uh, probably not by the hour, but by the day or every couple of days. Uh, not the, that was the first time I had seen it, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're checking nationally, I mean, I'm sure Google was rolling things out uh, regionally. Most of the time. Are you, are you in Atlanta area? You mentioned I am. Sure. I'm in Buford, Georgia, okay. which is located probably okay. about uh, 20 miles north of Atlanta, which puts me at a little bit of a disadvantage. It's hyper competitive right here. So there's probably like, if I had to guess, 15, 15 or so garage door companies within about a five to 10 mile radius okay. of me. And then once you get into Atlanta, cool. it just increases. Yeah. Have you met Tom Waddington or like talked to him? No. Okay. So he literally is in the same area as you. Is he really? (laughs) I don't know where Atlanta area. Yeah. Like he, he and you, I'm sure would have some great conversations. Um, I'll reach out to him. uh, Maybe I can get him on the podcast. Yeah. I'm like, you could literally meet up. (laughs) Yeah. He can come into the studio. Um, That's cool. Yeah. You should. um, Well, if you want an intro, I'd be more than happy to make one. Yeah. I appreciate that. So Google updates. 
like I remember I started doing like minor SEO. I didn't even know what I was doing in like 1999 for an auto dealer uh, website. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, it was like, uh, you know, I, I didn't know any better, but I was like learning all these tricks online. And I mean, it, it was the days of like change your text stuff, keywords, uh, change the color text to the background, hide it all, you know, put it in the footer. Like there were so many things that were so bad and I had no clue. I was just going online, finding ways to optimize the site and it actually worked really well. Uh, and then I found out we were doing it wrong and I changed it all and we'd lost ranking. And so I was like, man, Google like rewarded me for doing it bad. And now they're like, you know, whatever. So, um, now though, it is one of those things where like, I remember when Google used to do like an update a year and, and it would be like mm-hmm. one big update. And now it's like just constant. And so to be in yeah. your, your world, our world for the most part, mm-hmm. like you literally have to be knee deep in research. I mean, you guys, like that yep. is a marketing agency. You are a research firm. You are learning, you're yeah. bouncing ideas off of each other. You're trying new things. Um, like, are there any updates that have happened recently or that you think will happen that garage door dealers uh, could be affected and might be interested in kind of bracing for or starting to make changes for? Yeah. So, I mean, I used to write really detailed um, <laughs> updates every time that there was like a major algorithm update. I'd be like, oh, here's what we're seeing. Da, da. I kind of stopped focusing on that because I found that they are, to get the amount of data you need to make any conclusions, you have to look at a lot of profiles, a lot of websites. It's painfully like, I mean, the amount of time it takes is, is um, crazy, right? So right. what I found, though, is like these updates happen, you know, the core things that we're doing don't really change. So, like, we know best practices. We know things that work. We, we're constantly testing new things. So we're always finding, like, new tactics and stuff that maybe didn't work years ago but work now. And then vice versa, tactics that worked years ago that no longer work because um, it changes a lot. So I think as long as you're doing that on a regular basis, when Google does an algorithm update, you really don't have to worry at all. Like right. if you're testing on an ongoing basis. So I know for us, like that's been kind of our stance on it. I really don't get obsessed about algorithm updates like I used to, but I am still looking for major ones. If there's anything major that changes, because the last major one that impacted local, like a lot was possible, but that was like 2016. Right. It changed everything. Like, I mean, it literally changed. Yeah. Like the majority of the search results and stuff. That was crazy. So I I wrote a lot about that one. That's good. What are some of the best conferences to go to in the search room? Like what's your favorite? (laughs) I'm clearly biased now, (laughs) (laughs) but even before I took, we acquired local U, I would have said local U. Um, so just to be clear, but they, uh, so local U is, um, Usually they're two to three times a year. Um, there's always one generally in Santa Monica, California. I'm hopefully going to be hosting one in Toronto next year. Fingers crossed. Um, and then there was one in Denver, which may turn into an annual thing. But it is hyper-focused on just local search. So you won't get, you know, um, different sessions that have nothing to do with you. Like I find that PubCon is one that I always speak at every year and it's really good. But it is very broad the topics they cover. So there are definitely a lot of sessions that as a local search marketer, I'm like, I can't get anything from this, but I still go because it's definitely one of the best 
big ones, same as MozCon, I'd say for big ones. Um, those are the two I'd probably say are my, okay. my personal favorite. And um, how often is local you? Usually two to three times a year. Okay. We don't have to go to Canada for that. So we right? just had one last week. Uh, well, last week was in Denver. So okay. nice. um, that's, um, yeah. So that is uh, one that I think is the most value as far as it's, it's, it's hyper local. Everything is local. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, you can bring local you to your town. Um, it's a thing. So uh, you want to talk about that after we can. Yeah. Um, but it's matter of finding venues, organizing, helping sell tickets, things like that. But okay. um, it's not a set thing where they have it at the same locations every year. I'm going to drag Tom into it and we're going to build it up and get there it you go. going. You should. <laughs> Actually, somebody else is literally talking about doing one in like, like either North Carolina or um, Georgia. So there's a couple like nice. that were on the yeah, Maybe we can sort of same that. area. So, yeah, there was one in Virginia a couple of years ago. That's what I think the furthest that direction and then Texas. When it comes to guidelines, what are some of the most common guidelines that you see broken uh, by business owners in the service industry? Yeah. So I would say um, listings <laughs> for doing my business. Um, fake listings are a huge problem in the garage door repair industry. So um, I think most of the ones that we take down, we've got, we've had a few garage store companies that have hired us to um, just do that. Uh, like look for fake listings and use them to Google. Um, most of the ones I've seen are either a marketing company that is creating these listings, selling them or selling the leads to actual business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's sometimes you'll see just like one business, like some garage store company will get really outrageous and they'll, hire someone or maybe figure out how to do it themselves and look great, like 10, 15 listings for themselves. And they don't have 10 off. So they have, you know, for one business. Um, that is by far the biggest thing that we see. Um, and because it's constant, you'll get like for the one that we, um, one that we've been working with now for, I want to say like a year and a half, maybe two years. And like, you know, we'll get like lists of listings removed, but it doesn't necessarily solve the problem forever. Like, you know, you wait three, four months, there'll be new fake listings. Right. So I feel like these people never stop. Yeah, I've got um, a local. It's not a one-time thing. You can do it too. If you do a search for, um, it's really funny. So garage door repair, Swanee, Georgia. All right. So what's interesting is like in my area, someone's bought up all the domains, garage door repair, Buford, garage door repair, Swanee, garage door repair, uh-huh. Lawrenceville, garage door repair, Duluth. So they've got all these different websites and they're creating these uh, Google My Business accounts. And what's crazy uh-huh. is Google's given them, like they all have one five-star review and Google's given them like tons of authority. Yep. And so, so much yep. authority that when you Google search garage or repair Swanee, Georgia, it actually, you know, instead yep. of showing the three pack, it actually shows the, this. Yeah. So, yep. and what's interesting about that is, is there's like one photo <laughs> and the photo is uploaded by the owner and it's carpet cleaning. And I'm like, really, yep. Google? And I've reported this listing like three times. And I'm like, really? How is it's this still time. here? Like, how, I don't understand. How are you reporting it? Now I'm like questioning. I, I've I've got to check. Like I don't the, even remember. I think I was doing it f- uh, from their Google My Business account, but obviously that seems to be not the way to do it. Uh, if you have a better way, yeah. So I- <laughs> 
Don't worry. This isn't as cut and dry as you think. I have a, I have like a 10 page section on spam in my, in my training. So it's like something that maybe again, would you would think would normally be simple as not. Um, but this one, um, I just found here. I'll see if I can get it removed. We, I mean, we do unfortunately a lot of this for a variety of industries, but I say garage door repair is one of the worst. Um, definitely coming up with like a good process for it. Um, if you can't get rid of it yourself, sometimes you want to use this thing called Google's redressal form where you can send spam directly to the Google My Business team. Um, this one though, I, I would, I would think you could probably get rid of this one by, um, suggesting an edit because it's fake. It's so clearly fake and it's not verified. So this one that I'm looking at right now is not claimed for Google My Business. Mm-hmm. So usually those are um, easier to get rid of yourself without having to send it to Google to escalate it. That's it's what I thought. It's a clearly spam listing. Yeah. But the reviews from a year ago, so maybe, you know, the fact that it's been around for a while. Um, I got two right. dozen of those surrounding me. <laughs> and they all have that. Yeah, so they, they all have the the carpet cleaning. Yeah. Like most of them have the carpet cleaning photo oh in there. It's funny. Yeah, these, these should get removed. I, I can't see any reason why. Um, I mean, these are exactly the type of listings I was referring to, right? So yeah. you definitely can get them removed. Um, maybe it's just a matter of the method. Um, all right, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take up a ton of your time on that. I, I'm, yeah, we'll work <laughs> we'll on just yeah. Go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. If you could go ahead and remove those now, that would be great. Um, and yeah, so uh, <laughs> so here's I've gonna I'm gonna change I'm gonna shift it a little bit on you. So we're not gonna talk about uh, SEO or local search anymore. I've got probably 15 more minutes of your time. I want to ask you have you uh, have you had an experience um, with a service company recently? good, bad, what was it like? And, you know, what would you do differently? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so many. Um, so my biggest issue with service companies is communication. Like they're just like horrible at getting back to you. And, um, also understanding as a homeowner when they're showing up, (laughs) you know, um, and when I be home and that type of thing, like just communication seems to be the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have a hard time finding businesses that answer their phones or will call you back. So I remember giving this advice to a friend of mine who's a business owner who owns a tree business and he had it going to his cell phone, you know, all day, but he was out on job sites and doing things. I said, like, buddy, like you need to hire an admin assistant to take your phone calls and get your leads lined up and schedule stuff for you. If you're waiting, you know, you're the only person that is taking these calls and you're out all day and not answering your phone consistently or, you know, it's noisy in the background when you answer it. It's not a great experience for your customer. So he took my advice on that and it's working out well for him. But that's my biggest pet peeve with the people that I hire. I agree. They so don't answer the phone. We signed up for a company <laughs> called Service Titan and a lot of industry professionals are starting to add these uh, uh, dispatching software to help them with these things. But it's it's new to a yeah. lot of people, right? So. Uh, you know, you got blue collar people trying to figure out how to use technology to uh, better help them with their systems and operations and communication. I came from technology, sales and marketing background, so I was easily able to just implement those things. And my biggest learning curve was the trade. So I use Service Titan. We book an appointment. A confirmation goes out, text, 
uh, they get a reminder the day before. And then when we're on our way, they get a picture of the technician coming, a link to track the vehicle and a small little bio about that person. And it lets them know that they're on their way. And then my technician will call and say, Hey, Joy, look, I know our appointments from two to four. It looks like I'm going to be there between two and two thirty, And, um, and we get like, just from that little process right there, I mean, I get so many reviews where people will mention the communication, the photo, uh, you know, showing up on time. And it's, um, you know, not to, uh, you talked earlier about reviews. I honestly have had three conversations with customers just in the past two months. And there's even one Yelp review where the, where the guy even mentioned this. So there's four, four times in the past two months people have mentioned they didn't think my reviews were real because I have so many five-star reviews. And I literally told my team, how do we get three and four-star reviews? And we literally brainstormed to try to figure it out. And we don't have an answer, (laughs) but we need them because it does look fake. I know. And, and I don't know. I know. I've wondered the same way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm literally like, we do what we say we're going to do. And if we mess up, we pay for it and we take care of it. And I've got, I got a handful of bad reviews online, some from customers who never even hired us, but we gave quotes to, and they thought we were too high and you're not going to please everybody, but I do a really good job of communicating and making sure that my guys are trained and that we do everything the right way. And, and we treat people the right way. But at the same time, you go on and you see this and I, I'm looking through it through their eyes and I would probably be like, eh, I don't really know. Like this doesn't really look legit to me. Um, right. So, I mean, what do you, what do you do? Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't actively try and get four star reviews. <laughs> I know, um, Joe's guy has a five star rating too. Right. And I always tell people like five star ratings, people don't average, like average ratings, people don't generally believe and they're actually bad for conversions, like you said. So I wouldn't try to be a crappy business, but you know, at the end of the day, this is why negative reviews, if you have one or two of them are not a big deal because they actually can help. Um, but I mean, I don't think there's a strategy that I would implement to make your business. <laughs> That's why we couldn't come up with anything because we're going to stay true to who we are, yeah, but you're fine. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think having good service is so unusual though, like in that industry. Right. So, right. um, I've had the hardest time finding a pool company, um, to be the pool. And like, we finally found someone who is, did a great job, but it was off season and they did fantastic. And as soon as they got busy in the summer, the guy's voicemail, like phone went to voicemail. I couldn't even leave a voicemail because his, his inbox was so full. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the typical experience that we have right. with contractors. It's unfortunate, but customer service seems to be something they're not good at. So I've got so, one last yeah, question you for you. find a company you. that is? Yeah. It's, uh, it's gold. <laughs> so one last question. I don't know anything about, I don't know if you know anything, like most people don't, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. Do you know anything about your garage door and your opener by chance? <laughs> Not at all. Nothing. I mean, I know that it works. There you go. Until it doesn't work. So is it, uh, is it a two car garage door, single car garage door? Like, is it wide uh, enough for two, two cars? So it's like a four car garage. We had the four car garage, but I guess you'd have two in front, two in back. So it's, it's only two to fix side by side. Okay. And is it like a, uh, is it insulated or non-insulated? Do you know? Uh, 
No, like this is this is great because I go into people's homes and I have these conversations and and literally people just don't pay attention. Like it, it's one of those things. And I have that two garages. When you go in and so you come like, out, I don't even know the back of either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you when you you're either coming in or you're going out, and as long as it's going up and down, like people just don't pay attention to it. Did you know that you're supposed to service the door at least once a year? Nope. <laughs> and it's the biggest, heaviest moving part of your home. It's crazy. I yeah. just found out um, two weeks ago, really sad story out of Ohio. Uh, a door fell on a five-year-old and he was fighting for his life yeah. and he just passed away. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a really horrible story. And I had to like bring a downer toward the end of this podcast, but I just found out right before this podcast that he passed away. Um and so that was like a really sucky thing, but I'm trying to educate consumers to pay a little bit more attention toward their garage door because, um, you know, people don't realize how heavy and bulky and big they are. And, you know, they're held up by cables with springs that have a lot of tension on them. And, uh, and there's a lot that can go wrong, especially if they're not serviced, uh, regularly. So, uh, my tip that I could probably give you that you don't know already would be make sure you get your door serviced regularly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And so, listen, this is awesome. Super helpful. I think the entire industry is going to learn a lot from this podcast. And that was my goal. You did a phenomenal job. I really appreciate you setting aside some time to talk to some stranger about SEO and local uh, search. And um, if uh, where can people go to find your website? Yeah, so my site is sterlingsky.ca. Um, very active on Twitter and um, also uh, this, this forum that I mentioned that I run uh, is localsearchforum.com. Yep. So I highly recommend you guys go to localsearchforum.com, join. There's great discussions about local search strategies, updates, all kinds of stuff. And uh, there's a lot of super helpful people there uh, that are more than willing to chip in and help answer questions. I don't think anybody's got it figured out. I just think that some people are better at some things than others. And it's great to be part of a community where you can kind of collaborate. And so uh, guys go there and, uh, and, and ask questions and participate. She's trying to grow that forum. And so there's people, I think at all different stages, not just SEO professionals, right? You mean, you've got like contractors in there, don't you? You've got business owners on there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. A lot of them are the ones that post the questions. (laughs) Well, Joy, thank you so much. I know you have another appointment. Um, I'm going to, if you could make a connection between me and Tom, I'd greatly appreciate that. And um, I'll let you know when this goes live so you can take a listen. And um, again, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I hope to meet you one day. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast today. Uh, There's a couple things that I would ask you to do. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you can get notifications when we upload a new one. We're uploading new podcasts every Thursday. We have our interviews every two weeks. And then in between each interview, we're actually doing an off-the-track episode where we discuss topics through the interview. Uh, So you guys can join those. And uh, if you like our Facebook page, we'll share those there as well. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a wonderful day. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm Hannah with Such and Such Media. Our team specializes in garage door marketing. So make sure to visit us at garagedoormarketing.co.